Welcome back to another episode of Nach Daily, covering the entire Tanakh, one parak at a time. I'm Rabbi Shai Sussman, and today, with great excitement, we begin the introduction to Sefer Ezra. In the next class, we hope to begin the actual Sefer. This is actually one of my favorite books in Nach, and possibly in many ways the most relevant to us nowadays. It deals with the events surrounding the Jews' return to Eretz Yisrael in the years 348 BCE, after 70 years of exile, to rebuild the second base of Migdash. Ezra was given substantial power by King Koresh to have authority in the land over the river, meaning Eretz Yisrael. The king had appointed him as the magistrate over the country and gave the Jews permission to return to their native homeland. Despite this permission, only a relatively small amount of people returned at that time. People didn't want to leave their nice homes and fancy yeshivas in Bavel. Sound familiar? Now we're going to talk about the stages of Aliyah going up to Eretz Yisrael. The Aliyahs recorded in Sefer Ezra happened in three stages. Stage one occurs in the first chapter. It was headed by Sheshbatsar, one of the princes of Yehuda. It was a small group, mostly the family heads of tribes from Yehuda ben Yaman and some Kohanim. These were the pioneers who began making the preliminary arrangements for the Beis HaMikdash to be rebuilt. Koresh offered financial assistance for anyone making Aliyah and returned thousands of looted vessels from the original Stage 2, approximately one year later, was headed by Zerubbabel. This was when the bulk of the people who returned made Aliyah. It was still a relatively small number of 43,000 people plus 7,000 slaves. Included in this group were the famed Yehoshua Kohen Haggadol and Mordechai Hatzadik from Purim. It was Zerubbabel who got the daily korbanos up and running again, only to be stopped after a short time. It should be noted, according to the Gemara in Sanhedrin 38, a, that Zerubbabel is actually Nehemiah. They're the same person. The third stage of Aliyah took place about 23 years after Zerubbabel led by Ezra. Ezra was unequivocally the greatest leading Torah authority at that time and in Rav Schwab's words one of the greatest Jews of all time. In fact, the Gemara in Sanhedrin 21b brings that he was of such a high stature that had he lived before Moshe, it would have been fitting for Ezra to have given the Torah to Am Yisrael. During the third stage of Aliyah, about 1,750 men with their women and children returned with Ezra, who was deeply disappointed by the lack of enthusiasm of the rest of the Jewish people. Most of the people who came back were completely unlearned, so much so that when Ezra conducted a census, he wasn't able to find a single levy fit to work in the Beis HaMikdash. Nevertheless, his return to the land raised the hopes and spirits of the entire Jewish nation. The gates of Eretz Yisrael are wide open, with most or almost half of the Jewish people currently living there, yet we continue to remain in exile with very fancy excuses. This is no different than the people in the times of Ezra, who were rebuked for not returning. In fact, perhaps it could be said that in certain ways it's worse, as now in Eretz Yisrael there are great yeshivas, nice homes, and a proper economy. This wasn't true in the times of Ezra. Now we're going to talk about Ezra and the establishment of the Anshe Knesset Agadola. Ezra and his basting instituted many decrees that served as the foundation for life in exile until today. They instituted the text for the three daily standardized prayers and abolished the desire for idolatry. The Rambam in the introduction to Mishnah Torah brings that Ezra and his court called the Anshe Knesset Agadola were comprised of Chagai Zechariah, Malachi, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah, Nechemiah, Mordechai, Zerubbabel, and many other sages, a total of 120 in all. 
It could be said that the Jewish nation has experienced two different phases in its history, prior to Ezra and after Ezra. He was the one who gave halacha the prominence in Judaism to help continue preserving Yiddishkeit to carry us through our long gullus until the coming of Mashiach. Similarly, Rav Cook explains in one of his famous essays, Hamahalach Be'edios Yisrael, that prior to Ezra and the Anshe Knesset Agadola, the national ideal and the spiritual ideal was more front and center in the consciousness of the Jewish people. While Halacha, although it was always kept and followed scrupulously, it really was secondary and not the essential focus up until Ezra. Ezra and the Anshe Knesset Agadola began to emphasize and give the role of Halacha center stage, placing it over the national and spiritual ideals of Yiddishkeit. And therefore, Chazal go ahead and say, Hashem can only be found in the four Amas of Halacha. This was set up specifically by Ezra to keep Am Yisrael going over the next 2,000 years of exile. Now we're going to discuss Ezra and Baruch ben Niria. Why did Ezra wait to return to Eretz Yisrael? Why didn't he return with the masses in the earlier stages of Aliyah? The answer to this sheds light on just how of an important person Ezra was in our history. He wanted to learn more Torah from his Rebbe, Baruch ben Niria, who was the main student and scribe of Yirmiya Hanavi. Equally as important, the Rambam, the Rambam in his introduction to Mishnah Torah, counts Baruch ben Niria as one of the Bali Masora, transmitters of the Torah tradition from Har Sinai. Our entire tradition passed through Baruch ben Niria and was received by Ezra. Thus was the torch of our tradition passed along. This answers our question. Ezra stayed back to receive our Masora from Baruch ben Niria. It's estimated that Baruch ben Niria was well over 100 years old when he died, which, delays Ezra's, which delayed Ezra's return to Eretz Yisrael. Okay, and now for who wrote the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. The Gemara in Baba Vassar 14a brings that Sefer Ezra is the second to last Sefer in Tanakh. It should be noted, however, from a historical perspective, it's actually the last. Though Chazal, through Chazal, we find no mention of Sefer Nehemiah because Ezra and Nehemiah are really one book consisting of two parts. On one hand, Baba Vassar 14a tells us that Ezra wrote... Ezra wrote Sefer Ezra. On the other hand, Sanhedrin 93b says that all the words of Ezra were said by Nehemiah. Rav Schwab explains this contradiction. Throughout Sefer Ezra, when the text refers in the third person to something Ezra did or said, it was written by Nehemiah. When it comes to the second half of the Sefer, which begins with Divrei Nehemiah ben Chachlai, these are the words of Nehemiah, this was most certainly written by Nehemiah himself. It seems that Nehemiah wrote most of Sefer Ezra, but nevertheless, Chazal did not list him as the author or co-author of the book. It was only later in history, at the time of the printing press, that Ezra and Nehemiah were split into two books. We'll learn more about Nehemiah as a great, fearless, and powerful leader. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Nach Daily. We'll begin the Sefer in the next year with the first stage of Leah. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day.